heard this morning that I have, I, I do have a, a special prayer request, and it might sound um, different. But I personally believe that God loves hamsters. I personally believe that God loves gerbils. I personally believe that God loves hedgehogs. I believe that God does not love unicorns. It didn't make it on the ark. I think God loves kittens. I believe God loves cats. I believe that God loves puppies. And I believe that God loves dogs. One of our, part of our house, part of our fellowship, is going through a real tough time as their dog of many years, Baxter, got a negative report. And he called and said, would you have special prayer for Baxter? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. How many, how many realize your, your pet is the best friend you ever had? You, you can talk to them any way you want. You can treat them any way you want. But they always come crawling back and lay that little head in your lap. And it's so precious. And uh, I grew up, I've had a, this is the first time in several years that there's not been a, a pet uh, in our house other than our, our aquarium. You can't pet them and, and hug on them. But uh, we just wanted, if you will, just say a silent prayer for Baxter. Got a real bad report and really needs a healing in his body. I believe God could touch that little puppy. I believe they're, young, they're, they're new to this church, and so their faith, they're, they're growing in faith. They have never been a part of a charismatic church, so this is brand new to them. They're, they had a business transaction today. They couldn't be here, but have been very faithful, and uh, we want to pray for that little puppy in Jesus' name. Tough week. Four years ago this week, Angel and Courtney were married. Had three incredible years together. But this week has just been a tough week. Um, Marcus called and had, I want to share with you yesterday. Uh, I apologize. But Marcus called had two words for you. One, he said, Angel is not in your past. He's in your future. And two, he said, it's okay to talk about him all you want. It's okay. So we have days our permission <laughs> to talk about Angel and Tommy once. So there you have it. This morning for a few minutes, I'd like to talk about the, the fact or the thought of the power of I am. There was a pilot and two business associates flying across the ocean to a seminar, and there was a horrible storm, and the plane crashed and burned. All three in the plane survived, found their way to a desert island. The plane crashed next to a desert island. And there they stayed, day after day, week after week, month after month. It was a long journey. They managed to survive, and they were doing okay. One of them saw a bottle, Alicia, floating out in the ocean. So he swam out and got the bottle and brought it back, and they took the bottle, and they took the cork out, and a genie came out of the bottle. And the genie looked at the three, and he said, usually I give one person three wishes, but since there's three of you, I'll give you all a wish. So the first guy said, man, I miss my wife. I miss my home. I miss my kids. I wish I was back with my wife. Gone. The second guy said, man, I, I miss my girlfriend. I miss my job. I miss my home. Poof, he was gone. Third guy said, well, I don't have a wife. I don't have a girlfriend but I sure do miss those two guys, and I wish they were back. <laughs> if I don't do anything else today but make you smile, mission accomplished. Mission, the power, the power of words. 
Joel 3 says, let the weak say I'm strong, let the sick say I'm healed, let the poor say I am rich. There was a, uh, a brand of religion several years ago that kind of invaded the church. Uh, it really was not um, necessarily of the Lord. It was of man, but uh, it was called the confession uh, ministry. And uh, there, was, uh, there was balance lost. I believe that we need to speak those things as they are, and so shall they be. I believe, I believe in the prophetic word. I believe in the word of faith. But there was a season there where things got all twisted and all distorted, and uh, they were taught to confess things, and they were taught to declare things, and there was a balance in all of that. But it got so far, it got so far one way that it got crazy, and it started bringing confusion to the body of Christ. And then there were some several great books written on the power of the tongue, the power of confession, and the power of being able to speak things into existence. I had a, uh, did I lose it? This is a mirror. The Bible says we look in the mirror all the time and we forget what we look like. Well, I'm 63 years old. I know exactly what I look like. But I wonder sometimes when we look in the mirror, I wonder what we have to say to the mirror. Anybody ever talk to the mirror? I remember there was a wicked queen that said, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And I think it was Snow White, right? Snow White was the, the fairest, and so she pursued her, uh, her destiny was to try to destroy uh, Snow White, she did not. Uh, she lost. But I'm reminded of that mirror. I have been a part of the Tracy's community for several years, have not been active for about five, but there was a season uh, when I was the, uh, the ministerial director of that particular chapter. And I remember the evening we went to Tracy's. We all, how many have ever been to Tracy's or Emmaus or anything like that? Tracy's or Emmaus. Incredible ministry, incredible opportunity. But I remember one of the first things they did, they set us in a room and they gave everybody a mirror and just told you to sit there and look at it. And, of course, I didn't know the, the influence of that. I didn't know the power of that. And uh, I, I obeyed. I submitted. I was a part of the program. And I looked at the mirror. I wonder what we say when we look at our mirror. When I look at my mirror, I say, dude, you are one good-looking guy. You are awesome. You are phenomenal. You are incredible. You are the apple of God's eye. Rhonda is lucky to get you, and Courtney and Christine and Skylar and Bailey are lucky to have you. How many believe that? I mean, you really believe that? I, I really do. <laughs> I really do. I look in the mirror. And I look. At, today, I had this wild idea. I didn't know if Pastor Ron would approve, but I thought with my gray hair, I thought maybe a blue streak, right, like that real cool blue right through here, uh, maybe I'll do it once, it'll wash out, and we'll see if we, we like it or not. But what, what do you say about yourself when you're not looking in the mirror? Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us that there, there is power in our tongue. There's power in the words that we speak, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and we are encouraged to speak life, not death. As I reflect back and I look back at some of the places that I've been, some of the things that I've done, I remember there are times when I've talked to myself and my conversation with myself was not healthy. It's easy to look in the mirror and say, man, you've got wrinkles. It's easy to step on the scale and say, man, you're overweight. It's easy to look in the mirror and say, you know what? You're skinny. You're too old. You're too this. You're too that. I remember growing up as a child, I, I, I was named after a very wealthy uncle 
uh, when he died, he left me nothing. And so I changed my name. I was called Henry, and I didn't like it all the way through. My family and friends called me Hank, but at school they called me Henry. I didn't like it. I didn't like the name. When I graduated from high school, I changed my name to Hank, and I never used the name Henry again. Matter of fact, I don't even know anymore how to sign my name, Henry Davis, the way I signed it in school. But the good news is this uh, wealthy uncle was very good to my parents. They were evangelizing in an Airstream trailer in northern Southern California, keeping 101 busy. And uh, while they were on the road, he was very good to them financially, very kind to them. And that's why I was named, I was named after a wealthy entrepreneur that uh, blessed my family and blessed my parents. Uh, my, ne- my middle name was, in- anybody know my middle name? Anybody want to? Uh, if each one of you put a dollar in the plate after the service, I will tell you my middle name. My middle name is Keith. And I don't know why I never went with Keith. It sounds like I'd like, uh, we have a, do we have a Keith in the house? We have a Keith in the house. I always thought that was a, that was a pretty, pretty cool name. But I remember, growing, I remember growing up in life being challenged with uh, experiences and be challenged with opportunities. And, Jay, I cannot ever remember not stepping up to the plate and pursuing the challenge. I was a type A personality, so whatever it was, whatever we were doing, I didn't seem to have any, any, any um, restrictions. But my, my type personality was the type of personality that says, hey, it's there, I'm going to do it. When I graduated from high school, I had a scholarship to go to a law school. Uh, the two years that I spent in law school, I started hanging out with cops and highway patrolmen. Uh, my goal was to graduate from law school and join the California Highway Patrol for two to four years and got kind of get a sense of law enforcement and being able to touch it tangible. And then I wanted to become a prosecuting attorney. That, those were my goals, and that was, my, that was what I wanted to do with my life, and I got real disillusioned in college um, hanging out with cops. But just uh, unfortunately, I was hanging out with cops that were uh, busting drugs and then using them or selling them, and I got real disillusioned, and I went into construction. I don't regret that at all. I was the youngest contractor in Westminster, California for for several months. Uh, God allowed me to, to build some pretty incredible buildings and some different things that I went through, but I really never really hit a storm in, t- in my life until I became divorced. And then when I, when I got divorced, I went into a mode of, it's all my fault, I'm a failure, I've dropped the ball, I can't be a good husband, I can't be a good father. So there was a window there, it was a very, it was a very brief window where I was really down on myself. And um, uh, unfortunately, I allowed some of, some of the people around me were kind of operating a spiritual pride. You ever been around anybody like that? And they kind of treated you like you were the loser and that you got the crumbs from the table and you were divorced. You could never amount to anything. You could never do anything. And uh, that, that really troubled me for a season in my life. And then when God spoke to me and put me into ministry, that, that door closed, that season closed. But I remember that season. I remember that season feeling like a failure. I remember that season feeling like, well, I've, I've, I've blown my chances. I'm disqualified. I will uh, never be able to do what God has called me to do. Ironically, for three years, I preached revivals in the nation as a divorced evangelist. And with the exception of one pastor, every single pastor allowed me to come knowing I was divorced. And I look back on that as a season of restoration. And during that three years of uh, ministering divorced, uh, God was dealing with Pastor Rhonda uh, she was very hard-headed and obstinate, and uh, she did not come back 
And she made me wait three years. I guess that's how long it took God to make me the man that I was at. Be careful what you ask for. You be careful what you declare. Because you start asking for, will God make me the husband that you want me to be? It could take a long time for God to do that. You know, God, let me be the minister. And that's a little easier. But being a husband, and obviously uh, I read all the books and, uh, and, and focused on all the books. And then uh, when Pastor Rhonda finally submitted to the yielding of the Holy Spirit, I was ready to step into her life. And uh, she actually came crawling back, and I accepted her and received her. And we remarried right here. Now, that's kind, of, that's kind of the way the story goes, but not really. But I want, to, I, want to reflect on, I want to reflect on some of the things that are coming out of our mouth, some of the things that we are declaring, some of the things that we are speaking, because we know that there is power in your words and power in the things that you have to say. When Moses spent 40 years in Pharaoh's court thinking he was somebody, he killed a soldier. He spent 40 years in hiding, realizing he was a nobody. And in the last 40 years of his life, he spent his life realizing that God can take a nobody and make a somebody out of it. Aren't you glad that God has that ability to change us, to mold us and make us into the pattern, the plan that he has for us? When Moses went to challenge Pharaoh, there was a dissertation between he and Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was his stepbrother. They were raised together for 40 years. They played together. They fought together. They learned together. And when Moses stood before this great, powerful Pharaoh, who at that time had conquered the known world, he was a powerful warrior, an incredible army. And as he was confronting Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked Moses this question, who sent you? Who sent you? So God goes back. So Moses goes back to God, gets alone with God on the mountain, and begins to ask the Lord his name, begin to ask the Lord, whom shall I say sent me? And God simply said to Moses, a very powerful statement, a short, abbreviated statement. He said, tell Pharaoh, I am that I am. Tell Pharaoh, I am that I am. And what God was saying to Moses and what God is saying to us today, I will be whatever you need me to be in your life to make your life better. Let me say that again. God is saying to us today, I am that I am. I will be whatever you need me to be to make your life a little better. Is that exciting to anybody in this place that God has the ability to do that? And if you're sick, obviously he has the ability to make you well. If you're poor, he has the ability to turn your finances around. If you're discouraged, he has the ability to bring joy and favor. And God is saying to us today, I'm still the I am that I was in the book of Exodus. I'm still able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you ask or think. And that's a pretty powerful declaration. That's a pretty powerful statement. In Joel, as Joel was talking about revival, talking about the last days, he made a declaration to the church. He said, listen, you need to, you need to start confessing the right thing. You're confessing the wrong thing. Instead of confessing, I'm sick, I'll never get well. Instead of confessing, I'll never have a good job. Instead of confessing, my marriage won't work. Instead of confessing, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, I'm frustrated. God says you need to start confessing what he has declared that you are and what he has spoken over you. You need to know who you are in Christ. When David was sharing his heart, he declared in Psalms 119, I am, say that with me, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what God says to you. You are fearfully 
and wonderfully made. He told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew your name, I knew your gender, I knew your destiny, I knew your purpose, I knew all about you because every thought you would ever think, I've thought. Every word you would ever speak, I've spoken. I have watched over you. I am the potter and you're the clay and I'm molding you into a vessel that is worthy to do the things that I've called you to do in the last days. Does that encourage anybody in this house? Well, I changed my name. The name Henry, I think, meant ruler of an estate. I'm not sure what the name Hank means. How many you know what your name means? Anybody know what the name? Just shout out what, what your name. David, your name means beloved. Little, little Darling was a nickname for David. Who else? Pastor Ron, do you know what your name means? Strength of character. There you have it. You can't hardly beat that, can you? Pastor Todd, you know what your name is? Well, you know it's Todd, but cunning like a fox. How about you were fox and you picked up Miss? I, I say you did good. Cunning like from now we're going to call him Pastor Cunning like a fox. <laughs> Courtney, your name means in the king's presence, in the king's court. Uh, Michael, you know what your name? What's your name? He does like God. Man, I like I like those names better than my name. Linda, what does your name mean? Linda, Linda. Beautiful, two beautiful. Well, there was a young lady that God promised her something, and she had a real tough time accepting it. The reason she had a tough time accept, accepting it, because what God promised was impossible. And if you're here today and you feel like some of the things that God has spoken to you are impossible or so far out of the box or so far out of your reach, you need to listen to the story. Her name was Sarai, S-A-R-A-I, and she was the wife of Abram. And God visited Abram, and God said, I'm going to allow you to be the father of many nations. And he changed his name from Dad Abram to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. And God told Abraham, he said, don't call Sarai Sarai anymore. I want you to call her Sarah. And the word Sarah means little princess. So Sarah, right, right in the middle of this journey, at 90 years of age, gets a name change. And she gets pregnant, and she has a child. And because she laughed when God said she would have a child, they named him Isaac, which means laughter. And what an incredible, powerful promise. Here she is, 90 years old, too old, obviously, to bear children, too old to, too old to have a family. But God said, I said it, and I will, I, will take, I, will, I will make it happen. I will take care of it because I have called you by my name. Aren't you glad this, whatever your name is, your first name, your middle name, your last name, God says, I have written your name down upon the palm of my hand. And every time I hold up my hand in glory, I see your name and I remember the promises I've made you. I remember your destiny and your purpose. And I'm sending strength and favor and power and everything you need to become what I have called you to be. Does that excite anybody in the house? Be careful what you ask for because you might get what you ask for. When God sent them into the promised land to take the promised land, Moses sent 12 spies. The 12 spies went out, spied the land, came back. Ten of the spies said that uh, the, the giants are too big to hit. Two of the spies said the giants are too big to miss. Two different attitudes. One attitude is we can't do it. The other attitude is we can do this. God will give us this land. And the people begin to murmur and complain. They listen to the negative report. Did you ever notice how we focus on a negative report more than we focus on a positive report? You know, the news media is almost, I mean, I don't know if you've watched what's going on. And there's some crazy things going on right now in our nation, in our country, in our world. I believe the signs of the times, I believe we're living in the last of the last days. The Bible says in the last day that it be nation 
against nation, and that's going on in Syria today, in Yemen today, that those things are taking place in Egypt today. Two governments, two, two, two nations are coming against one another. And because of our involvement in Syria and Russia's involvement in Syria, there's a real fine line there. And if, if one of those tomahawks hits a Russian battalion and Russian lives are lost, Russian soldiers are lost, if that takes place next couple of days, there's no telling the havoc that's going to fall upon this nation because of the anger and the wrath of Russia. Russia is stupid enough to send a nuclear warhead to test us to see if we have the power to shoot it down. We not only have the power to shoot it down, but we have the power to level the country of Russia with the nuclear warheads that we have in our silos. That's how scary things are right now. But this morning, I don't feel frightened. I don't feel intimidated. I don't feel threatened. I am not going to build a storm shelter. Now, if you have one, I might come over and hang out with you when everything starts happening. But I'm not going to run out and build a storm shelter. That's not something I'm going to do. I believe God is in control, and I believe his hand is on this country. And as long as there are a church in this country that will come and worship him and praise him and, send, and be the remnant that God's called them to be, this nation is protected. The Bible says after the rapture of the church, there's going to be war. One of, the, one of the horses is the red horse. That's the angel of war, the, the horse of death, the horse of war, the horse of famine, the horse of Antichrist. Those horses will be leased upon this nation after the rapture of the church. Aren't you glad this morning that you have a reservation, that your name is written down in that roll call, and there's a day coming when God is going to return the clouds of glory? Every Christian grave, Ken's grave, mom's grave, angel's grave is going to burst wide open because they need about six foot head start. And then we which are alive and remain are gonna be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the day I'm looking for because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man cometh the Father except but by me. I've declared he's Lord, he saved my soul, he saved my life and I'm ready to go. Now, I don't wanna go right now because I'm hungry. So if I'm gonna take that journey, I wanna be full. And I don't want to go right now because I believe I got a word that, that will encourage you. But he is coming soon. So he changed her name to Princess. Have you, ever, have you ever looked at some of the crazy nicknames that we call people? I have a friend that I work with as a carpenter. His name was Bungie. Why in the world his name was Bungie? I have absolutely no idea. Gene has a cousin. His name is Bunky. Is that his real name or a nickname? That's a nickname. Uh, Courtney has a friend called Splinter. Um, I don't know where all these weird, uh, crazy names. Now, I, I call Skylar Little Puddin'. That's just my little name that I have for her. I call Courtney Sugar Bear, and I call Christine Tax Write-Up because she's the, one that, the only one that I can declare right now. And so um, uh, we, just got, we just got some interesting news at the age of 63. I'm not 63, but I look like it, so I filed for Social Security and was told how much money that I'm going to get every month and I put it in Pastor Rhonda's account. I thought that was very noble of me. I got a call yesterday. The social, uh, I got a call Friday. Social Security made an error. They said, you need to come back. There's something going on. I'm freaking out. What in the world could possibly be going on? But because Christine is under 18 years of age, she will draw $400 a month until she graduates from high school. What an incredible, phenomenal blessing is that? We declared last, I don't know if you remember, we declared the favor of the Lord. Uh, the doctor has many, my, my doctor claims I don't have high blood pressure, but my doctor has a medication that he has me on to keep me from having high blood pressure. And this medicine has been a burden. This medicine has, it, it doesn't affect me, but it's just expensive. It's just crazy how much that, that, that this medicine is. Well, Pastor Rhonda went to fill my prescription of 90 days 
and it should have been 740. Seven, it should have been seven. We've been paying that much money for the past. Right, right, right. Anyway, she buys it by the week. It's expensive. It's about $100 a week. And so she went to get it a uh, day before yesterday. And the entire 90-day uh, bottle cost, are you ready? Was it $4 or $7? $7. Instead of 700 Now, someone, someone needs to give the Lord a hand up of praise because if God does it for me, he will certainly do it for you. That scripture, as goes the head, so goes the body. If God's going to bless me with favor, social security, God's going to bless me with blood pressure, well, praise God, God can bless you, and you should be a little jealous, just a tinge envious, not enough to sin, just a little jealous of me, a tinge envious, and say, Lord, you did it for him. I need you to do it for me. So the spies come back. Ten of the spies say they're too big to hit. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, said they're too big to miss. And the people listened to the negative report and they said, we're going to die here. We're going we're to starve here. We're going to be destroyed here. And in, that's it, that Numbers 13. In Numbers 14, here's what God said. Exactly what they spoke is what they're going to get. He said, this entire nation will die in the wilderness with exception of two. And who were they? Joshua and Caleb. And 40 years later, we find Joshua leading the people of God and taking on the city of Jericho, and defeating the, 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 the armies of the enemies and taking Canaan, the, the land that God had promised them because two people decided to stand on the promises of God, not the, not the, not the naysaying of men, but God said it, I believe it, I can do it because that's who I am in the kingdom. Look at someone and say, I am, I am. the apple yeah. of his eye. And I begin to walk through some of the things that this Word of God has to say about us. And I came up yesterday, and it didn't take me a whole long, a long length of time, but I did it for you. And what I did was I did the ABCs of who you are in Christ. ABCs about what the God's Word says about you. There were a lot of I am's that Jesus said. I'm the rock. I'm the door. I'm the shepherd. I'm the light. I'm the salt. I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. I am your healer, I am your support. All those, there's about 1,100 times in the Bible that Jesus, God, refers to something concerning I am. And all those promises are aimed at us and given to us if we'll step out of faith, stop looking at the mirror, stop remembering what we said in the past, or stop or reverse the declaration we had over ourselves that was negative or critical, and begin to say to yourself what God says about you. You know what God says about you? A, he said, you're anointed, you're adopted, you're awesome. B, he said, you're the bride, you're beautiful, you're the beloved. C, he said, you're the church, you're the chosen, you're the citizens of heaven. D, he said, you're a doer, you're dedicated, you're delightful. E, he said, you're evangelistic, you're elite. F says that you are fulfilled, you are a friend, you have faith. G says that you are good, you are gracious, you're generous. How many receive these words that God is speaking over you right now? That's what he says about you. H, you're happy, you're a hero, you're the head and not the tail. I says you're innocent, you're in tune. J says you're joyful, you're Jesus with skin on. K says you're kept, you're a king. L says you're loving, you're logical, you're leaving this world. M says that you are a musician, you are a minister. N says you are new. You are the native of heaven. O says you're optimistic. You're on fire for God. How many says you're on fire for God in this house? P says you're powerful. You're purposeful. You're potential. You're pure. 
Q says you're quickened by his spirit. R says you're redeemed, you're revived, you're royal, you're ready. S says that you're a saint, you're satisfied, you're a sheep. Look at somebody and say, bah, practice with your sheep voice. T says you're triumphant, you're true, you're tenacious. U says you're unified, you're under his wing, you're under his covering. V says you're victorious, you're vital, you're vibrant. W says you're a worshiper, you're worthy, you're wonderfully made. X had a tough time with that one. I improvised. X says you're excellent. How's that? Y says you're youthful, you're yearning for his return. And Z says you're zealous, you're Zion bound. Aren't you glad this morning that you are Zion bound? There is a name change that God has for you that he wants you to begin to declare some of these things. When the enemy tries to tell you that you're a loser, you say, no, I'm adopted. When he tries to tell you that you're, not, you're, you're going to fail, no, I'm a believer. And you begin to walk through those things, what the Bible says about you, and you begin to declare that in the power of his spirit, and those things will come to pass. You are what you eat. You are what you speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you start focusing on positive things long enough, there's a very good possibility that you will prosper. There's a very good, I talked with Pastor Todd this week. We talked about maybe some career opportunities, some, some different thing, opportunities. And I asked, is there a place or promotion in the company? He said, yes, there's a place of promotion. And so I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday we talked, and uh, we just agreed that we were going to kind of look at that and pursue that. You told Misty, right? So she knows what I'm about to say. So, so he went and found out there was another position that pays more money that he can do that he has applied for. Did we get the answer yet? We'll know hopefully in the next, in the next week. And so we're all saying, yes, he is. He is what God said he would be. And it wasn't me that motivated him. It was a negative report that motivated him to go into an area of moment. So what the enemy intends for evil, God turns for our good. God turns for our blessing. And there's a name change in there. God, God has his own favorite nickname that he has for you. And I don't know what his nickname is for you. I don't even know what his nickname is for me. But I know that there is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, all mine. Hello, do I have a friend in the house? He does not call us loser. He doesn't call her whiner. He calls complainer, depressed, discouraged. He looks at all the good that's in us, and he begins to speak over that. When he said, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor, Gideon was a mighty man of valor, but he hadn't yet stepped into that place, hadn't yet stepped in that position. He hadn't stepped in the definition that God gave him, but when he did, the Bible says he destroyed an army of thousands, thousands, with only 300 warriors. That's because God got involved, and God smoked the enemy, and God defeated the enemy. And the 300 went and pecked up spoil. You've got to realize, in those days, they didn't have safes. They didn't have banks. So when a warrior went to battle, he took his wealth with him. And so when God destroyed this army of thousands, it took 300 men two days to gather up all the gold necklaces, all the pearl rings, all the diamonds, all, all the wealth that they had that was there on the battlefield. God sent them to gather the spoil because God had done the work. If we're not careful, we'll make things so hard and feel like we got to do it. We got to make it happen. We got to, we got to, and that's that type A personality. I understand that. That's, that's, that's what I am. But then there comes a time in our life where we just say, God, Here's what you said about me to the best of my ability. I'm going to try to walk in that. I'm going to try to flow in that. And if God is calling you to be successful, then you start wearing successful clothes. Amen. If God has called you into something special, then you need to dress for the part. That's good. That's good. What does the Bible say you are to put on? Well, we're supposed to put on meekness and lowliness and humility and love and all those great things that God has for us. And as we begin to dress for the part, 
God's going to call us and send us to the place that he has for us because we've stepped up to that prophecy. We've stepped up declaration, and we're ready to change. Look at somebody and say, I am ready to change. I remember when the prodigal dropped the ball and, and, and left the house and wasted his inheritance and became hungry and began to reflect about his dad's house, and he saw the dad's servants, and, and the servants were eating better than him, and he decided, well, I'm a loser. I'm a lowlife. I'm scum. I've dropped the ball, but maybe I can go back to my father's house and get a job as a slave. That was his motivation, Gene. I'm going back home, not because I'm a son, but I'm going back home so I can get a job as a slave. But when he approached the house, the dad was there watching for him every day, been waiting for him. Jumped off that porch, ran down, embraced him, put a robe on his back, put a ring on his hand, killed the fatted calf, called all the servants in to celebrate because his son, who was dead, is now alive. And if you're walking in yesterday's declaration, you are dead. If you're walking in the labels the world has put on you, you are dead. If you listen long enough to the labels that the world puts on you, you will disqualify yourself for every opportunity, for every, every time that you can advance yourself. You will tell yourself, no, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. No, that's not what God says. God said, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. And let the sick say, I am healed. And as you begin to declare those things over your own self, Paul said, this one thing I do for getting those things which are behind Reaching for the things that are before, I press towards the mark. There's a place that God has for you that you can walk in safety and, and shalom and peace and health. It's a personal walk with God. A lot of us just kind of have a, we just kind of have a wave at God kind of experience. Um, I think I told you about the little boy that every night his mom would come in with the wash rag. Kind of reminds me of you getting Skyler ready for bed every night. And she would take that wash rag. He was all boy. He's playing out in the woods. Came in. She began to scrub his neck with that wash rag his neck and his face. Every day, Mish, every evening, she scrubbed his face. One day, when she got ready to scrub his face, he looked at her and said, Mom, couldn't you just kind of dust me off tonight? Just a dusting off. But God's not in the dusting off business. God is in the reversal business. God wants to reverse things in your life that are hurting you, and God wants to send you forward and promote you and allow you to be all that he's called you to be. I remember uh, Napoleon, uh, with his army, uh, conquered the world. And uh, one of the ways he conquered the world was when they sailed into the place that they were going to do battle, he sent soldiers back to burn the boats. And that way there was no escape plan. There was no plan B. You either, you either defeat or you're defeated. And after every battle, the captains of the armies would bring the, the troops together. And if there had been a negative during the battle, the captains would, would judge it and they would place sentence on the person that dropped the ball, abandoned their post. One day, the captain, they had, a, they had an entourage of people that kind of dropped the ball during the battle. And Napoleon came and stood behind the captain, was listening. And they called a particular young man up. And Alden, he had abandoned his post. He had turned and he ran and, uh, in, in, in fear. And so he, he betrayed his post, betrayed his, his, his country. And so the captain was asking the young man what was going on. And, and Napoleon just kind of had a heart for the guy. And so Napoleon asked the guy, he said, this is a guy that fled, he abandoned his post, treason, and he looked at the guy and said, what is your name? And the soldier very reluctantly said, my name is Napoleon. And Napoleon looked at the kid and said this, I'll never forget it. Change your ways or change your name. Change your ways or change your name. Can we pray?
you are a good, good father, and we love you. We thank you for the worship and the praise and for all that's gone forth, the offering in your name for your glory. You are the potter and we are the clay. We submit to your touch. We submit to your favor. We submit to your direction. Sometimes it will seem impossible, but you operate with the impossible. Sometimes it seems like far-fetched, but the dreams and plans that you have for us are magnificent. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're not like Yemen. We're not like Asia, where the women and children are inferior, and only man has the, the right to vote. But you judge us all the very same. You love us all the very same. You promote us all the very same. For some of us, there are seasons that we need to go through before we find that promotion. Some of us, we are right on the brink of promotion. It's just up to us now to declare it, to draw a line in the sand and declare that we're going forward in all that you have for us. We ask that nothing in the past would hinder us, success or failure. We ask ourselves, who is our worst enemy, that we start talking to ourselves the right way, that we would look in the mirror and see what God sees, look in that spiritual mirror as mo as God looked at Noah and called him grace. So let God look at us and see a reflection of himself and to give us a nickname that enters us into the presence of God. Let that door open. Let that stairway be, be exposed. Let that stairway lead to heaven, that our prayers are not fruitless. Our prayers are tangible. Our prayers are reaching you and you're responding and you're touching us. Allow us to become the things that you've told us that we are. We are the church and we are the bride and we are adopted. Allow us to step into those things and all the blessing attached to that title. We ask those things in Jesus' name. And you all say, Amen. Did you enjoy the word this morning? Did you like your ABCs? Next week there'll be a test. And uh, I'll give you a, a sheet a, a through Z blank. And I'm going to let you use your own imagination. How many will play that with me? You played that with me? Next Sunday morning, actually, Pastor Ron will be giving them to you. I'll